And now, welcome to the Just the West podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and happy Friday, guys. Um, I'm having kind of a chill Friday. I've had a long week of work. We are going into Veterans Day weekend, and I know some of you guys don't have to work on Monday. I do, but I'm still in good spirits just because I think I mentioned before in the past, I do real estate and things are looking good to end the week. Uh, I should be closing a couple deals in the next week or so. So I am in very, very good spirits. Uh, Having said that, I apologize for not doing a podcast earlier in the week. I usually do something around Tuesday or whatnot, Um, but I was a little bit busy, so uh, bear with me. Uh, But let's go ahead and talk about the NFC West. Yes, the NFC West right now. The Rams finally lost. They had a tough game at New Orleans. They they lost, what is it, 45 to 35. And so they're 8-1. The second place, Seattle Seahawks. They, well, I thought they were going to win that game, honestly. But uh, pleasantly surprised, Phillip Rivers... I mentioned on my blog post that, hey, Philip Rivers does very well on deep throw passes, and that's exactly what he did. He capitalized. He carved up Seattle's secondary, and they lost 25-17. to 17. Ah, Tough one. At Seattle, too. The 12s did not help, but they are second place, 4-4. Four and four. And then you have a two-way tie for last Technically, the Cardinals are in third place because they beat the Niners not once, but twice. And they've only beaten the Niners this season, but the Cardinals are 2-7. and seven. They're on a bye. Um, and so what's good for them from this past week is they have a new offensive coordinator. His name is Byron Lefwich, former quarterback in the NFL, played for the Jaguars, the Steelers. And the Steelers had ties with Bruce Arians. And so while Byron Lefwich was a quarterback there... He would later on retire and hook up with Bruce Arians to join his staff when he was in Arizona, and the rest is history. And so I think it would be a good opportunity for them to retool this offense and move forward uh, for Week 10. Lastly, 2-7, uh, and seven, but I won't say it's like an optimistic 2-7, and seven, but it's definitely a different tune after what they did on Thursday Night Football. They thrashed, they thrashed thrashed the Oakland Raiders in a Battle of the Bay series. The last series at that because everyone knows that the Oakland Raiders are going to be the Las Vegas Raiders and it was 34-3. 34-3 and they did it with their third stringer, an undrafted free agent from last year's rookie class from Southern Miss, the same college as Brett Favre, Nick Mullins and so yeah they did very well and uh, yeah it's it's kind of a weird landscape in the NFC West Rams eight and one Seahawks four and four Cardinals two and seven Niners two and seven so with week nine officially in the books let's go ahead and divulge into week X week 10 I say week X because Des Bryant recently signed earlier this week with the New Orleans Saints, but if you guys checked out the news today on this happy Friday, wasn't so happy for Des. He had practice with the New Orleans Saints. 
his new team, and lo and behold, he tore his Achilles. And so he is now out for the season, never played a game. Uh, don't wish that upon anyone. Yeah, man, that's tough. I just... Week X underway. Let's go ahead and get it started with the NFC West. And so we have two games in the NFC West on Sunday, one being in the morning, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. That is the Arizona Cardinals on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. Then you have a Sunday afternoon game. Right around 1 o'clock, you have the Seattle Seahawks versus the Los Angeles Rams. My favorite game of the week, no bias. Okay, there's some bias, but NFC West matchup of the week. Uh, Yeah, Rams, Seahawks, first and second place at LA at that. And then we kind of wind down to end the week for week 10 with a quote-unquote treat, a national treat, will you? I'm sure that uh, the schedule makers were a little bit more optimistic on paper for this game, but... Due to injuries, Eli Manning, injuries and Eli Manning, uh, you have Monday Night Football with the Giants against the Niners at San Francisco. So, an interesting bunch for Week 10. I thought Week 9 was a little bit more lit per se, but, you know, um, every week, any given Sunday. I'll go ahead and divulge into the first game to start Week 10, which is that morning game. Arizona Cardinals two and six. Oh, oh, they are two and six. No, two and seven. Okay, two and six versus the uh, Kansas City Chiefs eight and one at at Arrowhead. Tough spread is sixteen and a half. Sixteen and a half points. I think that is the highest point spread of the season for any team, for that matter. Over under forty nine and a half points. So before I, I divulge and talk a little bit more about this game 16 and a half points guys that's a lot of points I mean I know the Chiefs are great I know the Cardinals are not but I think that the Vegas odd makers right now they are uh, they're backpedaling against the Chiefs when they come and think about the odds about the spread so last week at Cleveland um, I think the Chiefs were favored by eight points Completely killed them, annihilated them per usual, but for the record, for Vegas against the spread, the Chiefs are 8-1, but against the spread, for Vegas purposes, they are also 8-1. They are the winningest team in the league against the spread. And so there was a, a publishing earlier last week just saying that, hey, Vegas specifically giving credits to the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they have lost a good chunk of change, millions of dollars off, you know, the 8-1 and one against the spread record. So having said that, I mean, obviously the Cardinals haven't been doing so hot. Their offense has been sputtering. But, I mean, they did have some promise the week before. This past week they had a bye. But they did the Niners for the second time, and not too bad. They were down 15-3. Josh Rosen has two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to take the lead. Christian Kirk looked 
great. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald had his second touchdown in a row. Season high total with uh, about 100 or so receiving yards at a touchdown. Uh, so there was some promise. Uh, David Johnson was utilized a little bit more so in the passing game off screen attacks. But yeah, man, I mean, Josh Rosen, this is probably going to be his hardest road start of the season at Arrowhead against a really tough Kansas City Chiefs crowd. And right now, I mean, he gets to, uh, yeah, I mean, he gets to play the quarterback that uh, hopefully many rookie quarterbacks will, will aspire to be to have that level of success. First-year starter Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they've just been balling. They've been balling offensively. And Mahomes, he's off to a very hot start, an MVP candidate. Um, There's like him, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley. Um, But there's a handful of offensive players that have really taken their team to new heights. And so um, just circling back, I mean, 16.5-point spread. Cardinals even have a remote chance of Covering the spread, I don't know, beating the Chiefs outright in a nice little upset in Week 10 off the bye, well-rested, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a quick snapshot about this game, I would say this. Chiefs, they're going to put up their points, especially at home, especially with their offense the way it's currently engineered. Uh, If you really think about it, uh, I got this from another podcast, but Tyreek Hill, Top 10 fantasy football receiver, Travis Kelsey, tight end. Top 5 fantasy football tight end. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, top 5 quarterback fantasy football. And uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, top 5, top 10 running back in fantasy football. And so, yeah, they have all the pieces, plenty of talents, and plenty of love to go around in the fantasy football world. And so, yeah, they're going to get their points. I know Arizona, they've had... You know, they've had some wiggle. They've shown promise defensively with their front seven. From a pass rushing perspective with Chandler Jones, Marcus Golden, um, you know, they, they've looked they've looked okay, honestly. They've they've shown glimpses, but I mean their secondary has been up and down. Uh Patrick Peterson, I, I know that he mentioned that he wanted to get traded earlier uh, a couple weeks ago after a really tough loss. But uh, yeah, I mean, the defense as a whole is just—it's just not um, all there like it was in seasons past. So I, I know that the Chiefs are going to score, um, but I guess for the sixteen and a half point spread um, versus the chance of them winning outright, I mean, it really goes back to the Cardinals, especially on the road. Do they have enough firepower to combat the Chiefs on their turf? And, I mean, for that, I'd say that, you know, the Chiefs, they have arguably the second worst, if not pretty bad defense uh, from a front seven perspective. They don't really give that much of a pass rush. Uh, I know that, you know, Christian Kirk's been really good yards after the catch. David Johnson, if they can somehow maneuver him, in that same light that, I don't know, the Chiefs use Kareem Hunt. Uh, that would be awesome to have, to have him more in open space as a playmaker. That would be a good head start. Larry Fitzgerald, they put him at the slots. Um, yeah, I, I think he should have some opportunity. He's coming off two back-to-back touchdown games, including that 100-yard 
uh, stat line against the Niners. And so I think he's starting to catch stride. I think that if he were to have another quote-unquote season high game, it would happen against the Chiefs just because their defense is not that good. Uh, but more so than anything, I think that it really comes down to Josh Rosen and his composure. Their offensive line right now, it's been up and down. They've been dealing with several injuries throughout their front. And so from my perspective, I think it's just the uh, it's just that mental keenness for Josh Rosen, especially on the road against a really tough crowd. Uh, a really, I won't say the defense is tough, but... Um, considering that they're going to have to score points to compete in this game. I mean, that's why you have it at that 16.5-point spread. Uh, I think the challenge is for Josh Rosen's time clock. I mean, um, you know, they're going to blitz him. I expect them to put a lot of pressure and really uh, test the Cardinals, Josh Rosen, to pass the ball. And so hopefully with Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, their tight end, I mean, you know, I'll be intrigued because they had that extra time to prepare for the Chiefs with that bye week. And so will we see a prominent improvement upon last game's victory over the Niners? That remains to be seen. But, I mean, all in all, when I look at this game in particular, 16.5 points uh, over under 49.5, it's tough. I'd like to take the points... Uh, it's a lot of points, or should I lay it out? 16 and a half points. I mean, the Chiefs are eight and one, but I mean, is Vegas being just overly cautious with that? It's just because they've gotten burned throughout the season. <sighs> um, you know, just from a principle perspective, I think that Vegas is being overly cautious. I don't blame them for it, but give me Chiefs beating them, but. Cardinals covering the spread. So give me the Cardinals 17, Chiefs 31. And so they will win by two touchdowns. They will win by 14 points. And the Cardinals will, quote, win and cover the spread. <sighs> yeah. One o'clock game. Seattle Seahawks 4-4. Four four, LA Rams 8-1. Both of them are coming off. Pretty tough losses. Uh, it's going to be at LA over under 50 and a half. I could see that going to like 49 and a half. Um, you're talking about two of the top rushing teams in the NFL. The Rams being ranked at number one. The Seahawks being ranked at number three in terms of rushing yards per game. They average roughly 150 yards rushing. They both run the ball very, very well. Actually, per Pro Football Focus, uh, I think the Rams are ranked number three offensive line. And I think the Seahawks, technically, they're not too far behind. Now, I think for sure they're, surprisingly, they're, they're top ten. I think from a pass protection perspective, uh, they are leaps and bounds better than they were in seasons past. I think that the change from Tom Cable to Mike Solari uh, paid big dividends from an X's and O's perspective. It's pretty much that same offensive line, but they're just doing a, a much better job protecting the quarterback. Russell Wilson is, I mean, for the most part, he's got a relatively clean jersey. The run game is back to where it's supposed to be, back to the uh, beast mode, Marshawn Lynch days. And so the Seahawks are the lone team that run the ball, uh, I think it's like 49.5% of the time, which is the highest, because nowadays everyone's passing. That is the highest run to pass 
ratio in the league. And so they um, run the ball very well. But you know what? So do the Rams. The Rams, they run just as much. Well, maybe a little bit. Well, they do run the ball less than the Seahawks. Seahawks are number one for that matter. But they run the ball very consistently to set them up for play action. And uh, with Jerry Goff, he is him. Actually, another similarity. Him and Russell Wilson, they are top three uh, for quarterback ratings on play action scenario. And for Jerry Goff in particular, per pro football focus, whether it's Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, or Brandon Cooks, those three receivers are the top receivers in the league on first downs off play action. One, two, three. Woods, Cooks, Cup. One, two, three, ranked. And so, yeah, I think that uh, for both offenses, Running the football is a big component to their game philosophy for different reasons. Uh, obviously, play action is number one for both these quarterbacks, uh, respectively. But I think more so than anything, for Russell Wilson for the Seahawks, the reason why they run the ball so much more than any other team in the league is just because, uh, yeah, it keeps Russell Wilson clean. It keeps him healthy. Uh, their offensive line it hasn't been that great in years past. But uh, Russell Wilson is very efficient in his own right. I think a couple weeks ago, he had 17 completions, three touchdowns, and he was, man, he's was, he was one of those rare quarterbacks that got that elusive 158.3 quarterback rating, which is a perfect quarterback rating, by the way. Um, and so they're trying their best to keep him healthy and keep his legs fresh, uh, not to take so many hits like he's done in years past. Uh, and conversely, I mean, yeah, you see Jerry Goff, Every week, week in, week out, um, carving up defenses just because he's got, I don't know, what, arguably the best running back in the league in Todd Gurley. Him running the football, him catching the football out the backfield, that just sets up the offense so nicely for Jerry Goff. And so, I mean, you can make a system quarterback argument for Jerry Goff, but I mean, I think it's just a combination of both both things, obviously. Todd Gurley, Sean McVay, and their offensive scheme. But I think Jared Goff at this point, I think he, I've been thinking he's been proving the doubters wrong. I mean, rolling you bears from Cal Berkeley. I think he's been doing a great job. So let's go ahead and give my predictions or just my big game, big picture overview about this game. Should be a very lit game. Um, forget the spread. I know the spread's about nine and a half, ten points. But I think it's going to be a, a closer matchup. Uh, from the odds makers, from the outside in, I can understand why the spread is so high. The Rams being at home, knowing that uh, Seattle lost in their last matchup. But keep in mind, I mean, it was week five, and the Rams barely won 33-31. to 31. And I'd say not necessarily controversial fashion, but it was a pretty damn close game at Seattle. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, it's a divisional game, for, for Christ's sake. I think that, I mean, you can make one argument to say, hey, the Rams played a very tough game against the Saints. They almost won. They tied the game 35-35, uh, going late into uh, the second half of last week, and that uh, maybe you'd have, I don't know, a little bit a little bit of fury, a little bit of anger from that outcome, and put that on Seattle. But I feel that Seattle has that same amount of fire as well. I mean, they gave up a lot of big, big plays 
to the Chargers, like I mentioned before, with Phillip Rivers. Some big plays to Mike Williams, to Tyrell Williams. Uh, very frustrating uh, for that Seattle defense. I know that they usually play better, especially at home. Um, and so, I don't know. I feel that both defenses feel that they have something to prove. Um, and I think that's going to reflect for a much closer game. I think that um, given the division, given how much they know each other, I think that you're going to see uh, another classic NFC West matchup. I think that the biggest thing that we should obviously keep attention to is going back to the run game. Both teams run the ball very well. Uh, both teams, conversely, defend the run kind of mediocre. Uh, their backers, for the most part, they're okay. The defensive stalwarts out of that group from a linebacker's perspective would be Bobby Wagner. He's the number one linebacker per pro football focus in the league. KJ Wright, he's still on and off. Um, he's not 100 coming off that injury. Um, for the Rams, I'll be intrigued to see. I mean, Dante Fowler, I know he was recently acquired and they used him um, in his debut last week. Curious to see how he gets more involved in the defense for his second week as a Ram. But let's put the focus on this Rams secondary. So the Rams allowed the first half to the Saints 35 points, five touchdowns, 35 points to the Saints at halftime. The most they've allowed as a defense all season, probably, I don't know, maybe the last two seasons for that matter, I don't Recall the Rams allowing 35 points in the first half at halftime. Marcus Peters, I'm sure you've seen his interview. Uh, I've seen it all over Twitter. But yeah, man, I mean, Marcus Peters has been getting his ass grilled, grilled the last couple weeks. He actually has allowed seven touchdowns under his name, the most in the NFL, giving up the big play. Last week, he gave up a huge... Pretty much the go-ahead touchdown for the win against receiver Michael Thomas of the Saints. It was like, I don't know, like a 70-yarder right over him, over the top. And Marcus Peters, for as aggressive as he is, very much a playmaker, but he is overly aggressive. He, he bites. He bites quite often. And so... I won't say that the Seahawks receivers are world beaters like, I don't know, Keenan Allen, um, for example, last week against the Chargers. But, I mean, the Seahawks do have receivers in their own right that give defenses fits. I mean, Doug Baldwin, he had four catches in 77 yards last week. He didn't, I mean, the numbers don't add up in comparison to some of the other guys in the league. But, I mean, he was coming off an injury. Um, I think it was like... An MCL injury earlier in the season. Um, he's starting to come full circle. Let's not forget the kid, David Moore. Came out of nowhere, but he's had a, some really tough touchdowns the last couple weeks. I mean, his emergence alone is the reason why Brandon Marshall got cut. Just putting it out there. And they still got, you know, short guy as he is, but he's my boy, Tyler Laquette from Kansas State. He's been their explosive go-to guy, um, especially, actually, um, in the red zone, uh, despite his stature, I mean, he, he makes plays, he makes big plays for, for that matter for Russell Wilson. He's become his go-to guy on broken plays. And so, 
Um, I'd say for the Rams, considering that their secondary has been, I mean, not going to lie, it's been pretty poor the last couple weeks, um, I'd, I'd be concerned. I'd be concerned. Last couple notes about this game. Uh, running back for the Seahawks, Chris Carson is questionable. He's been dealing with a hip injury. That's the only notable injury, but, you know, if Chris Carson, similar to last week against the Chargers, if he's limited to a couple carries, I think last week he had like eight carries for 40 yards. But if he's limited, I mean, they're going to have to go back to Mike Davis and Rashad Penny. Not saying that, you know, they're completely horrible because Mike Davis has done so well this season. But, I mean, it does compromise the game plan. Um, it's going to be... Uh, so last last time they played, Rams won 33-31. I think the Rams have the ability to do it. But, I don't know. Just kind of thinking from a devil's advocate perspective. I mean, the Rams just lost a really tough one against the Saints. This might be kind of like their letdown game. They won't admit this, but next week they have another primetime game against the Kansas City Chiefs, which is, in my opinion, that's going to be by far the game of the week for Week 11. And so, I don't know. They lost to the Saints. They're playing the Seahawks at home. They might be like, okay, cool, we got this, and then we got to get ready for the Chiefs. And so... Do you think mentally they're already one step ahead of themselves and this might be kind of a, a letdown game? That's kind of where I'm getting at. I think that the Seahawks too, uh, especially that the way they lost and all the big plays that they gave up last week, I think they're going to play really tough as well. So yeah, I'd say take the points. I think the Rams will probably win, especially at home, but I think it's going to be another close game so go ahead and give me Seahawks 24 Rams 31 sounds about right high scoring but kind of within the means yeah Seahawks 24 Rams 31 the Rams will win but the Seahawks will cover I think that it'll be a close game it'll be like 24-21, uh, something of, of that nature. But I think the, the Rams at the very end, they're going to propel themselves ahead and uh, come away with the victory. So put it on the board. Finally, dun, 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 Monday Night Football. Another primetime game for the Niners with, but of course, Nick Mullins. Yeah, so you have the New York Giants at San Francisco, both. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily uh, the national game that the people wanted when they drew up the schedule, but here we are. Eli Manning, Nick Mullins, I mean, both offenses, I mean, they are what they are at this point. Um, but I don't know. I mean, let's just go ahead. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I'm going to appreciate this game. I like this game. I like any, any game where you have the NFC West on prime time. Um, it's always nice to be at the barn and see a team that you covet on national television. But I guess the real question remains for the Niners, uh, more specifically Nick Mullins. I mean, played an absolute gem against the Raiders. He had three touchdowns, no interceptions, had um, arguably you know, one of the better starts for 
any quarterback for that matter in their, in their debuts. But I mean, is it Nick Mullins? Is it the system? Is it the Raiders? How terrible of a defense they, they played in that outing. And I'd like to say that it's going to be mostly on the Raiders and a good game plan by Kyle Shanahan. So, I mean, the Giants, they're not, I mean, they're not a top defense by any means as well. But I think that, uh, I mean, I know that both the Raiders and the Giants, you can make a case that they might be tanking but I think that the Giants will come to play they do have some star players uh, on their defense that could give the Niners uh, some fits I think that more specifically what I'm looking for from a matchup perspective is I mean the Niners star receiver is their tight end fifth round pick out of last year from Iowa George Kittle Uh, he's coming off what a hundred five catches, a hundred yards, and a touchdown, including like a seventy-yard touchdown strike um, last week. One-handed catch that was a beaut. That was a beaut. But I mean, can he continue to? Won't say carry the offense, but can he be the main receiver against the Giants? Um, because the Giants, they have, they've actually done a great job defending tight ends this season. I saw this strictly through Yahoo Sports because I start George Kittle in multiple leagues. I'm in six leagues, by the way, so I haven't been three. Um, so out of my three leagues, it was noted that, hey, you know, the Giants, the, the reason why they're going to give George Kittle just two out of the five stars is because the Giants have actually only allowed at most 50 receiving yards to tight ends all season. And I think a lot of it has to do with their safety. Landon Collins. I mean, I know that Landon Collins hasn't been um, playing A1 per se at an all-pro level, but he still does a great job. Um, Maybe they've put him a little bit more so out of place this season, but he still is one hell of a player. And so I'd say that that would be the matchup that I would take a note. George Kittle, tight end, Niners, uh, Landon Collins, safety, Giants. That's something to keep note of. Uh, I think that on the other side of the football field, Odell Beckham, guys. Odell Beckham Jr., primetime Monday Night Football. I know that he's been a little quiet in weeks past, but, I mean, anytime you get his name in the national spotlight against, ooh, Richard Sherman, who's only allowed only a couple of receptions this season to, to receivers, I think that that should be a very fun matchup to watch, uh, especially if, I mean, most likely Odell Beckham is going to be in Richard Sherman's corner, and so... That would be fun to watch. And then another thing I'd like to see is just, uh, yeah, I mean, last week, eight sacks. Eight sacks by the Niners through front seven. Wow. They had two sacks, two, two and a half sacks by Cassius Marsh. I think a sack and a half, maybe two sacks, actually, by Dakota Watson, who just came off of injured reserve. Uh, even a sack by Solomon Thomas. I mean, everyone, everyone had a good time last week against the Raiders. And so the Raiders game aside, if you total that all together, the Niners, as critical as I've been about their lack of a pass rush, their lack of an edge rusher, they are ranked 7th overall in the league in sacks, which is kind of weird. Can they repeat that? I won't say can they repeat 8 sacks against the Giants, but 
can they be consistent in rushing the passer? I know that for a fact, Eli Manning has been struggling. He's not that mobile. I know that their offensive line, uh, outside of Nate Solder, it's been, yeah, it's been pretty lackluster as well. So I don't know. I think that both teams are obviously flawed. Obviously have a lot of question marks. I think that right now, the Niners are, I mean, they're riding off the Nick Mullins momentum. Um, But I am concerned about, you know, with extra film and a little bit more time for opposing defenses to adjust. uh, How good will Nick Mullins be in the encore in his second career starts? And so right now, the Niners are favored three points and a very conservative over under 44 and a half. May I remind people that if things are all even, all things considered, if it's an even playing field, the odds makers usually give the home team three points. And so that is exactly what's happening. Niners favorite three. And typically, the starting point is right around 42 points, 21-21 over under. So they have that at 44 and a half. Uh, can the Niners win this game? Uh, they certainly can. Um, do I think that it's going to be a 34-3 shilling like they did against the Raiders? Absolutely not. I think that the, the Giants are going to give them some fits. They have some interesting matchups that they can certainly exploit on the Niners. Specifically Odell Beckham, specifically Saquon Barkley on outside runs. I'll just leave it at this. Ugh, it's really tough, actually. Um, give me the Niners, 28. Give me the Giants, 24. For these following reasons. Uh, for number one, it seems like, well, both teams are having very much disappointing and losing seasons. It seems like Kyle Shanahan has his Niners playing at uh, a very high-level play in terms of, well, they haven't given up on on their coach, Sean Gruden and the Raiders. But at the same time, I know that the Giants are well-rested coming off a bye. I know that there's a lot of pressure for Eli Manning to do well. Uh, I know that his job is on the hot seat right now with Kyle Loletta or whoever they might put in for the second half of the season should they choose to go another direction. But I think just, you know, from an X's and O's perspective, I think that Kyle Shanahan um, does a great job of preparing his team um, with the the proper game plan to win games. Despite their lack of talent, I know that they're a lot more battered than they are versus the New York Giants from a roster perspective. But I think that that will make the difference. Um, And then if you want to get more on the Nick Mullins side, just saying, hey, he's undrafted. He's a... I mean, he's. I mean, he was freaking on the practice squad last season. He was there actually earlier last month, for Christ's sake. I mean, how is he going to do in his encore starts? Well, I mean, it's not like the Giants are that much great from a pass rush perspective versus like the Raiders. So yeah, the, the New York Giants, they ranked 26th in pressure rates. They ranked 31st in sacks. I mentioned earlier in this podcast, the Niners are 7th in sacks. The Giants are 31st. 
they're not that much better rushing the quarterback. And so with a proper game plan by Kyle Shanahan, and uh, if he if Nick Mullins plays into the system, plays within his abilities, he doesn't go haywire um, and commits like multiple turnovers, like C.G. Beathard, for example. I think that the Giants and the Niners, I think that um, I think that the Niners can come ahead and get their second straight victory, their third victory for the season. So give me the Niners, twenty-eight. Giants, 24. 28-24. Niners. All right, guys. Well, that concludes my podcast. Recapping a little bit of Week 9, going about the Week 10 matchups. Go ahead and check me out on my Instagram, at JustTheWest. Twitter, follow me, follow back. I'll try to follow back, at JustTheWest. And, of course, my blog, www.justthewest.com. It is Friday night. I will get the game day blog posts out Tomorrow, Saturday, on the eve of Sunday, week 10. So, we out here. Peace.